Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelist Podcast, podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. I'm Will, that's Blake, and today we're here to talk about the penultimate episode of the first arc of The Wizard, The Witch, and The Wild One. And Don't mind my, my little color. Okay, I was, just, I was just about to let you know in case you yeah. didn't. I'm not trying something new. Oh, I well, I lost you audio wise. Oh no. Oh wait, you're back. Can, you're back. You're oh, back. Okay. <laughs> you know, we just try to keep this keep you on your toes. Yeah. You know? I feel keep like our thing. I feel like our intros are iconic at this point, you know? We yeah, we're like the I mean, with perfect blend of like, do they know what they're doing? Are they intentionally this, you know, awkward and weird and, and you they know. are. <laughs> do you guys do you ever by the way, do you ever have this issue in um OBS where like your frame gets like blown up like past the dimensions of like the actual like where instead of like it being the box in the frame it like is like a corner of it and like the rest is off i don't have that issue i don't have that issue but i do have some issues sometimes oh me neither i also use stream labs uh to record really yeah it's like the same thing as obs it's just the one i like used first so i'm sure i would like obs just as much i think you're right well, anyway, yeah, we're the Pixelists, you know, here with our awkward intros. That's right. Talk a little, uh, little Wizard Witch in the Wild one today. Um, like you said, the penultimate episode, a big episode. Yes. Um, yeah, and the finale of this arc, not the campaign, um, this arc, episode 14 coming in on Tuesday. I think they said they've recorded up to episode 22. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that piece of information. That's interesting. Yeah. I honestly yeah, would have thought it was more. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. So I guess yeah. they're probably in the midst of the second arc. Yeah. Wherever they are, wherever they're at right now. It's amazing how much can happen in 14 episodes. It yeah. It's like we've been here. We've been through a lot, you know, and only 14. And the episodes are not really that long, only about an hour and a half each. So, yeah, true. True. It does feel, it feels longer than it is, if that right. makes sense. And then, probably the, the stunted stunted is not the right word, but the the schedule like being every yeah. other week, I think, has also kind right. of made it feel longer. Um, <clears throat> but I I guess we're basically getting into it. But yeah, anything we need to say before? Uh, I'll just say we do have a Discord. If you're not familiar with the Discord, we have a Discord where we talk um, our latest content, but more importantly, we have a watch party, not quite for Worlds Beyond. Um, we do have a channel for Worlds Beyond. If you guys, if you're loving the series, you want to get in there, you want to talk about it, um, I'll go ahead and tell you everybody's welcome, whether you're a casual fan or a more cult-like fan, <laughs> <laughs> or I guess it's a devoted fan. Um, everyone's welcome. Some of our other DNA content, like Critical Role, we have a watch party for. In fact, tonight is a new episode for that. Um, so we'll be watching and reacting to that. Again, everybody's welcome. The link to the Discord will be in the episode description um, or in the comments, maybe. I don't know. In the description. So feel free to just to join in and be part of that with us. So, yeah, absolutely. And we we'll always would love to have more um, Worlds Beyond Number fans in there. Um, but yeah. 
other than that, I guess let's just go ahead and jump into this. And uh, if you're new here, we like to recap the episode first and foremost before we dive into our proper discussion of it. And we actually cut that recap out and host it separately on YouTube for your convenience. So if you find yourself just on the recap but want to hear our full thoughts, that will also be linked down in the description below. But without further ado, let's get into episode 13 of The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One of the Gentle Sea. So we pick up with the same moment of Ursulon swinging his sword to try and free Naram. Uh, Brennan, first thing he says to Lou is, describe what happens when Ursulon touches his breath for the first time in years. And <clears throat> he tells him that you're accessing something of yours from a realm that is eternal and infinite. And Lou describes that he feels a life, a joy, an energy that he hasn't felt in such a long time. And he kind of feels it like kind of cascading throughout his entire body. And he knows that this is not of this world. It is of his world. And so he swings the sword down. And <clears throat> this is awesome. Brennan says, you immediately become a level two paladin. Uh, after years of being asleep, you are awake again. And Ursulon now has access to his fighting style. He can cast spells and he has right. divine smite. So this attack, uh, Brennan describes as having divine smite on it. The spear that is pinning down Naram is shattered. Uh, Naram is freed and basically immediately like darts through the ocean, like a missile, like getting out of the Derek. Right. Um, Ursulon has completed his quest to free Naram, but now the cost comes due. Um, uh, Brennan has Lou make three saving throws that Lou can choose the abilities he wants to be for these savings throws, um, with the caveat that if he chooses his two strongest, then he must choose his weakest as the third, but he doesn't do that. And, uh, he decides to do charisma, constitution, and dexterity. Um, he stands in the trap made for a God. So the DC on these is 23. <laughs> Lou. Lou then fails all three rolls. Um, so because he failed the charisma, uh, he is placed in this cylinder of anti-magic. No spells will work because he failed the dexterity. He is restrained within this cylinder of anti-magic. Can't move. And finally, for failing the constitution, he immediately takes three levels of exhaustion. So the Derek's is, is quite literally killing him. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Naram, could heal faster than the Derek's could hurt him. That's why it wasn't like a true like death danger, but this is not the case for Ursulon and he is dying. Um, Ursulon describes, or Lou describes he is terrified, but the, the, the fear is quickly replaced by hope because he imagines Port Talon uh, with no witch fires, with no Derek. And if, the, if him dying is what it takes for that to become reality, then this is a good thing. And he can accept that. Uh, Brennan describes it as after many years of fear, you have found something worth being afraid of. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we cut back to Ame now, who again is in this rowing boat um, with the Imperial ship kind of like guiding her back to the docks. And she can tell something's happened beneath the waves. Right. Um, so she tries to commune with, you know, her witchly commune. She tries to talk to the sea, the barnacles, everything um, and try to pick up on what's going on. Uh, the fox assists her and she makes an insight check. Uh, it's described that DC 25, she'll know everything. Perfect knowledge of the events. Um, DC 15 to understand some stuff. And she gets a 20. 
So she touches the water and she can sense Naram is free swimming through the water. And um, she kind of is calling out to him in this moment. And because of that, Naram stops, turns around and notices that Ursulan is trapped. And he says, um, oh no, little brother. And <clears throat> on the 20 from Ame, he has her choose. You can choose to have perfect knowledge of Naram's mindset or you can choose to have some of Naram's, some of Ursulan's. And she chooses the latter. So she can kind of feel Ursulan um, accepting his fate and that vision of Port Talon that he has. Um, and then she can feel from Naram this moment of crisis where he is frozen between two choices. Uh, he doesn't want Ursulan to suffer. Um, so he knows there's two things here. He can free Ursulan via a path of destruction um, or he can free Ursulan by path of sacrifice, permanent sacrifice, i.e. giving his own life. So <clears throat> Ame sensing this choice and communicating with him basically says, you know what? The the balance of the world is, is in all things there must be balance, excuse me. And those that do not abide by the balance must pay for it. So she's essentially saying destruction, like the wizards deserve what's coming to them. Let's go. <clears throat> and uh, Brennan describes that like some parts of you have been locked away by this curse that's affecting you. But you suddenly remember the words of Grandmother Wren. It's not the it's not a witch's job to make perfect choices, just right ones. So Ame, you know, sends that out. Yeah, so good. Freaking freaking Britain. So that message is conveyed to Naram, and Brennan describes the sea explodes. And Naram basically surges up from the depths of the ocean and screams start to like erupt. Um, he shatters the green gem that's atop the derricks, and his tendrils start to like latch out and grab onto the derricks, like crushing it in places, and wizards are going flying into the ocean. <clears throat> It's now that we swap to Suvi's perspective, who again is in Ursulan's room, having just mended the damage there. Um, she's in deep thought about everything she's been through recently and how, you know, Ame and Ursulan, you know, she can't she can't be accountable for everything. Wild ones are unknowable and witches cannot be controlled. So they can go off and do her thing, but she's going to stay here and, you know, find herself. And it's at that point that Moro knocks on the door. And he's so delighted to learn that the sword of the Citadel is on the way. And as they're having this conversation, they can hear the eruption from outside and through the window, they can see Naram and, you know, him attacking the Derricks and Moro like instantly goes ghost white. He throws open the window, runs out, casts fly on himself and like bellows with some sort of like megaphone type spell that calls for all the wizards to make their way to the Derricks that they're being attacked. Suvi, um, thinks this kind of feels right and is fitting and she is not going to go help. She will watch <clears throat> quietly from where she is um, and decides to actually go back to her room and just read her book. Um, we cut back to Ame on the rowboat. The whole Harbor has sunk like 40 feet because of the water receding toward Naram. Um, the ship, the Imperial ship that was following her fires cannons at Naram, but they do nothing to him. He just repels them easily. So Ame and the Fox just watch. Um, cut back to Suvi where Galani has now teleported into her room and is like, Suvi, okay, great. Like I got to keep you safe. Stay in this room. Don't move. But we also have to deal with that thing. So then she leaves to go out toward the Derricks as well. And Ame can kind of see her teleport 
to where right. Naram is and she can see Alani. Brennan describes it, of course, beautifully, like pulling a rune yeah. off of her tongue and it becomes a yeah. four-dimensional object. Um, basically, this, <laughs> basically <laughs> this really powerful spell and flings it at Naram, who throws, who rolls a nat one on the saving throw. But Brennan uses a legendary resistance. And Kalani begins yelling that, you know, like, I am Abjur Galani of the Citadel. And like, we're going to deal with you. Um, it's here that we cut back to Ursulon, still under the sea, who can see that Galani, or excuse me, Naram has transformed back into his humanoid glamour, still in his giant form, though. And um, Naram can see Galani flying toward him. And he's just very disappointed and frustrated. And he raises his spear, which is like massive. And he's like tracing the horizon with it. And miles away, the ocean starts to rise like hundreds of feet into the air. And this just moment was so cool. <clears throat> um, Brenna describes Galani like realizing her death is here. Like death is imminent. And as Naram like swings the spear across the horizon, it's like going over Port Talon. Like that's how big it is. And Galani like braces for impact, but he says, um, this is not you child. And his attack is actually not on her, but instead this tidal wave that he has created cra uh, crashes into the cliffs beyond Port Talon and it floods the plains there, the plains where all the witch fire is. And uh, Brennan describes that a hundred soldiers are killed instantly as this flood just like rampages through the area. And with the witch fires out, um, now the vines and plants begin to grow because Orima is essentially, you know, has no longer yeah. chains on her. Yeah. And uh, Naram says, uh, I wish you nothing but the best, but I cannot say the same for my wife. Protect your city wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Galani, Galani, who now sees Moro like arriving at the scene. Yeah. Um, he's, she tells, Hey, like turn back, turn back. The real threat is in the city because Galani also telepathically messages Suvi in this moment. And Suvi tells her about yeah. Orima. Um, Moro ignores her though, continues going out towards Naram. And it's here that Brennan has everybody roll initiative. Um, Ame up first quickly scrawls an image of Orima into her boat and tries to commune with her. She says, Hey, we kept our promise. Anything beyond this is just vengeance, not justice. Uh, but it's a very high DC persuasion role and she fails. Mm -hmm. um, cut back to Ursulon, who now has to re-roll his saving throws from earlier. The DC has been lowered to 17 and the disadvantage from exhaustion is canceled out by Naram helping him. Mm -hmm. uh, Ursulon fails them all again, except for constitution. Um, <clears throat> and so he no longer is, is bound by the exhaustion stuff. And uh, he insight checks Naram who is like sorrowful for the lives he's had to take here. Um, but Ursuline can feel that Naram almost sacrificed himself for him. And it's at this point that Ursuline's from his perspective, deep underneath the ocean, just sees the Derek get ripped from the ocean floor and completely disappear from his sight because Naram has grabbed it and literally hmm. hurled it out across the ocean, killing all the remaining wizards on board. And Naram then dives back under the sea and disappears beneath the waves. And that's where we'll, break and i'll toss it back to you <laughs> the episode could have ended there and it still would have been this was like not even an hour but maybe just add an hour i yeah. guess um yeah so there's more that happens from here uh, so yeah naram rips the derrick a hundred britain describes like a, you know dozens if not maybe hundreds i think maybe dozens of mages who are on the derrick trying to control the damage who instantly fall to their death 
the Derek is cast aside, and essentially the next 30 to 40 minutes is each party member finds themselves in a isolated but in a different situation. Suvi, um, hearing the creaking vines of the kudzu racing towards the edge of Port Talon, she wants to go to the top of the chantry and where she finds like this thing that Brennan describes as like a command dais and wants to basically tell the Azure Battalion to retreat. We need to get to the wall. We need to protect the city. Brennan asks for a check. She does a persuasion check and has an amazing role. And I think it was like a 14, but Galani had actually a, so what, not an amazing role. 14, but Galani had like a help action with it or something. Cause she had already given the command to get to the walls and Sergeant Laplo with the message cantrip is like, all the mages are continuing to where the Derek was like, can you help us? Uh, to which Suvi's like, sure. Um, she comes down to the courtyard. Um, Brennan describes like these white horses with black saddles that all of the soldiers in her jump on. They cast Expedious Retreat and they make their way to the wall. Uh, meanwhile, Ame, seeing that the city's destruction is at hand, begins to want to create a, an offering of sorts uh, for Orima right here on the docks. Uh, there's also like different bits of like food, like shipping containers that have been broken open. And there's people basically in a panic where she basically is like, everybody like stay calm and guides them to her to basically be like, hey, do as I do together it was like a you know big old spirit bomb together kind of thing like let's get together i'm going to show you how to do this ritual and together we can do a meaningful enough ritual that will stave off orima um going back to suvi they make it to the walls the kutsu's actually already at the wall and the um sergeant laplo in this epic moment begins shouting orders before his life is snuffed out as i wasn't sure if it was a vine that like whipped over the top and crushed his throat or the hand of a strangler um as these creatures that we saw not just a few episodes ago begin to climb over the wall um, one of which immediately grabs the throat of Suvi, does five points of damage. She only has three points left. And in this moment of, I guess, an attack on the town, Suvi basically uses her reaction to try to shield one of the nearby soldiers. And uh, seemingly also in this, um, you know, she wants to communicate like, hey, we're not your enemy. We don't want to fight you. And this act of selflessness seems to uh, at least cause this strangler from um, continuing to crush her throat. I think Brennan describes it as like it releases its control. Um, we go back to Ame. This is actually not quite in order of how it happened, but we go back to Ame. Brennan asks for a final check, um, explains, I think it was maybe like a DC 20. It was a very high roll. She rolled a six on the die, and unfortunately, the offering, Brennan describes it as there, there's too much chaos. There's too much panic for this to work. We go back to Ursulon, who's now free, and he finds Naram in front of him. Uh, Naram, who puts a hand on his neck and leans forward, forehead to forehead with him, and basically is expressing gratitude and, and says, like, are you, um, what was it, waybound? 
Was that the expression? Yeah, uh, yeah, like way later or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if this was in it from the children's story. If this is the first time we've heard it, but basically, is referring to the fact that Ursulon cannot go home; that he's yeah. stranded here. And Naram basically says, "If I had all the power in the world, I would do what I could to be able to let you go home." Unfortunately, I do not. And they share just this really um, beautiful moment before. Moro from above and seeing the Derek ripped out of the sea and thrown all of his hard work wasted. He is wild with rage. He swears to destroy this creature. He creates a massive whirlpool. And as Ursuline and Aram are having this moment, the sea opens above them and this bolt of lightning cascades down and crackles into Naram, dealing maximum damage. Um, and then Moro and his, uh, fellow mages begin to descend down through the whirlpool, uh, intending to either recapture or kill Naram. Ursulon, uh, in an act of incredible selflessness is actually going to swim up to try to meet Moro. And in doing so, despite the fact, knowing that he's likely welcoming his own death, um, ends up coll colliding with Moro and trying to grapple with Moro. Um, and Moro rolls a natural one and is grappled by Ursuline. And in addition to this, the concentration check, he fails the concentration for the whirlpool spell that he's casting. And in this freaking epic moment, <laughs> the whirlpool closes in on Moro and his fellow mages. Uh, and that is where our episode comes to a close. Episode 13, a gentle, a gentle, uh, of the gentle sea. I was like a gentle touch. I was like, That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> of the gentle sea. Um, yeah. And by the way, remember if you are watching just the recap, you can click the link in the description to see our full episode discussion and let us know what you thought as well. What an episode, Bro. man. What a freaking episode. Oh my gosh, dude. So epic. The sound design, man, was so good. Bro, it the was chanting. Yes. The kids chanting thing. Like, that was epic. I was just like, how did you make that <laughs> to Taylor Moore? I was like, how did you? Is this like your job or something? He's like, like don't ask. <laughs> It was, yeah, <laughs> I just want to go home. <laughs> not, a, yeah. not yet. Um, the sound design was amazing. Um, it really added on and built these incredible moments, both with Galani and that mixed with like Brennan's descriptions, bro. Yeah, the way you described. I mean, obviously, it was. I loved how you mentioned like the the rune that comes off her tongue. Like that was really cool. Yeah, but the way he explained it explained her doom being at hand and mm -hmm. then also Moro being like full blown, like ravenous yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Um, that with the music, dude, I just, I was like, this is nuts. So it was magnifique worth the wait again. Cause this one was a little delayed um, on, on last Tuesday or whenever it was. Uh, I think, because, you know, Taylor was working on making it that that peak peak. So worth it. Well Incredible. Worth it. Yeah. Incredible. Well worth it. Um, amazing. We I know we said we don't need to do this anymore, but <laughs> this one deserves it. Yeah. This this was like where I was like, 
I mean, I, I liked, I loved Worlds Beyond from day one. We both loved it from day one. We were like, yeah. bro, I'm all about this. And I really have enjoyed it. It'd be like if I was having, you know, a tasty, delicious dinner every night, but then <laughs> yeah. I was like served like the filet. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh my. Yeah. Um, Bro, where to even start? Like, I, I almost want to like just keep goozing about the yeah. episode. Like, it was it was cinematic for <laughs> which it, which I really mean that in the truest sense of the word, which is ironic, I guess, and funny because it's audio only. But like, I really felt like I could see like this like beautiful cinematography of these like 100%. moments, you know. Hundred percent. Yeah, I could too. Brennan, I know Brennan has chatted at the DM roundtable with Abria and Matt about. He hasn't had the opportunity to like do long form campaigns and yeah. like in the, in the way Matt has. Um, I was sold on this episode. I was like, Brennan, please do this forever. <laughs> you going back to episode one, I was like, you have created such. Um, and I love also how Brennan, the, it, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Um, very unique compared to what I'm used to. In the sense of, I loved his description of Ursulon becoming level two. Yeah. Um, the questions about interacting with his breath, but then the three roles with the DC like 22 or D23. Yeah. I was like, Brennan, they're level one, bro. Like, <laughs> easy. Like, I just, it, there's something very fresh about the way he approaches it that's, um, it's just really cool. I, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, me too. Um, he should really look into this. You know, yeah, DM, DMing should. thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think? Do you think if we send him just like a compilation of us just being like we love you, that he would come on? <laughs> he'd come well, on the, the channel. I'm probably delusional, but I feel like he would because I've seen him do yeah. like interview YouTube interviews with like really small channels. Um, I just feel like if he came on our channel, we would just be like <laughs> that the Chris so Farley good. skit. <laughs> yeah. you, it would be so exactly cool, that. Man. You remember when that happened? <laughs> And then after 15 minutes, he'd be like, are you guys going to ask a question or <laughs> we love you, man. And then we remember, have, you like, remember that time in calamity when, when you screamed <laughs> yeah. at uh, Luis. <laughs> um, and then we'd have like this forever parasocial relationship with him. Like, yeah, he was on our channel. We're like his best friend. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> we're we're going to be on the show real soon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was so good. And um, penultimate episode, which is up the first arc, not like the penultimate akin to like a you know normal tv show or anything but um oftentimes i find are, are better than finales um you know i'm sure the finale of this arc is also going to be incredible so i don't mean to like detract from it but like right. we basically got the climax i think of this arc here with yeah. with naram you know destroying the Derek, orima attacking the city and uh the just the moro moment at the end man epic Ursulon, maybe we should start calling him the Wizard Slayer, man, because he, he killed like a hundred mages right then, yeah. like in one yeah. go. Pretty impressive for a level do you, two. Do you think Moro's dead? I think they're all dead. I mean, I guess it's, I mean, he is a powerful wizard, so maybe he like water breathing himself or something, but like they were described as being at the bottom of the ocean. So that's like right. hundreds of thousands of pounds of, of water, right? Yeah. That would have just come. Yeah. Crashing well, in on them. They're, they're off the coast. I mean, you know, the Derek had to reach the bottom also. So like, it's not like true, they're true. Like in the Marianas trench, but <laughs> um, I could just, I only ask because I could see 
I could see maybe Brennan with like a final, like maybe while Ame and um, Suvi are handling Orima or resolving that in whatever way, Ursulon having a toe to toe with Moro, a much, much weekend harmed Moro. Right, but I'm also very satisfied if Moro's just dead. I mean, that yeah. was such a beautiful, like, like, mwah, like perfect ending, but. All, all I was saying was I I I wouldn't also be surprised if Old Moro's got hatred's a powerful thing. Yeah, I could so. I could see it going either way, honestly. Yeah. If he is still alive, like Naram, he's toast. Naram's still there, you know. Like oh, yeah, so, there still point. could I guess be like Naram wouldn't be like. All right, you guys work this out. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that makes sense. I could just I could just see like if this ever gets like adapted to like an a, an animation or something. Just like the the closing scene of like Ursulon like tackling him into the water and like it all just rushing in and then just yeah. like credits, you know? It was very like Prince of Egypt esque for me. <laughs> you know that old like animated movie? Yeah, yeah. Like, I I guess the Pharaoh or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like racing down with rage as like the sides like cave in. Yeah. Like I was like, bro, this is so <laughs> I would love to see this animated. I Maybe it's unfair to be like I don't. I guess it maybe wouldn't happen, but maybe it would happen. Maybe maybe Amazon would be like, dude, Legend of Vox Machina is awesome, and this WWW it's like number what is it on the on Patreon? It's like number like it it was like one of the top when they first launched. Um, not to say that it's no longer there, but that's just the only stat I remember. Um, I mean, I think it's certainly like in the realm of possibility. I think it's so early that they're probably not like already planning that like that's not already in production by any means i mean obviously but um i think it's certainly like like i think that's certainly like an, a, a potential moat in the back of their minds um because i know at the very least like the people at critical role and and dimension 20 i know this isn't dimension 20 but brennan like they they have like a nice relationship and they've talked about all that stuff um because there's some interview i was watching where like it even came up and he was like, yeah, like we're so collaborative, like Matt and me and these people that like, you know, they've told us about their experience animating the show. And they're like, well, if dimension 20 ever got animated, like which runs of it would you want to be? And so he like, that's definitely been a thought in their minds. So I have to think for this, that's also a thought in their minds, you know, especially if it continues to get more and more popular. And I, I did check that the number six biggest Patreon um that's correct like currently number six period that's crazy number six biggest um of the top 10 three are D &D podcasts really patreons yeah what are the if if it's right there what are the other ones you don't have to like Uh, at 10 is is not another D &D podcast which i don't know if you've checked that one out that's a pretty good one i've heard about it but Um, i've never like watched it and then at number five, so just above worlds beyond is dungeons and daddies which i honestly don't know anything about it heard about it as well but also have not seen it um yeah i don't know what this one is but bro we we finally i say we i i also but we finally chose like a a good niche (laughs) (laughs) we're out here um yeah i'm curious viewers of jujitsu kaisen for us (laughs) listen jjk is peak i don't care what anybody says um those of you that uh like like we just mentioned, we, we've we're, we've heard of those things before. But any of you guys in the comments that you know watch uh, NADPOD or Dungeons and Daddies—that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let us know if those are worth 
diving into, checking out. Um, I mean, clearly I they're people, popular. Yeah, I've I've ch- I've listened to not another D and D podcast. Um, I've had players who, for my campaign, who had never played before, but listened to it to try to like kind of familiarize themselves. Yeah, I yeah. Guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, Emily Axford's had, on that one, right? Uh, I don't know actually. I, I don't I don't know who's actually on that one. Now that you mention it. I don't know if it's like but, seasonal, like Dimension Twenty, but I think she's at least like been on it at some point. Maybe. Nadpod, by the way, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, let's see. It it is, I think, seasonal. But um, is Emily Axford on here? Um, unless I'm getting my wires crossed. Oh yeah, you're right. She is. I didn't know that. One of the main cast members. <laughs> you could tell I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's seasonal as if to imply like she wasn't on the season I was, but she's pretty clearly on all the campaigns <laughs> on this wiki. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. So yeah, I, it's, I personally, I would just love to see worlds beyond get more momentum on Reddit. I feel like the community there is also still pretty small. Yeah. Yeah, it is um, surprisingly. And also I feel like on YouTube it's, it's, it hasn't quite, it, it kind of makes sense since YouTube is so visual, but yeah. Um, it would be good to see those mediums grow, um, especially after this episode. Um, the cool thing is catching up with Worlds Beyond with the episodes. It's different from Critical Role. If you're going to catch up on Critical Role, it's like, dude, am I really going to watch 14 episodes at four to five hours each? Yeah. And I, I think the, I think the answer should be yes. I think I would highly recommend CR. But the only point that I'm making is at an hour and a half, some of them are closer to an hour. I mean, you could easily in a weekend catch up on Worlds Beyond. Yeah, much less daunting, much less daunting for sure. And the fact that it is audio only. I know some people feel compelled, even though Critical Role is available as a podcast. They're like, but I want to watch it, you know, so maybe they're not willing to listen to it on their commute or, you know, whatever the case may be. But Worlds Beyond, there's no difference at all if you're just going to, you know, it is a podcast. So it's the only way to listen to it. Um, But yeah, I... uh, I think they're just so new and still figuring out what they're doing. I have to imagine as they grow, clearly so will the community and like, you know, maybe there'll be more active people will be more active on Reddit and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I did notice like they have a TikTok. They've only posted three times. And the last time was like when they first announced it. So yeah. like, you know, no shade or anything, but I feel like they could be doing a lot more to also, you know, promote themselves. Hi, right, bro. You're, you're 0 for 1 on the D&D job applications. <laughs> maybe maybe you rep, you do throw a little uh, self-promo in there. Like, hey, let me handle your... Hey, I'm willing. You know? <laughs> I'm willing if, for, for, you know, all of the... I know Brennan and Abria and Lou and, all, and Erica all listen to us. So, you know, if you guys, yeah, right. if you guys are hiring, you know, we're, yeah. we're available. Um, yeah. No, I wish. Uh, I feel so, like I... I I think I threw us way off. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Before. We I just... was just going to say, maybe, maybe we drill down into like the specifics of the episode, um, which we talked a little bit about it. Um, I guess we're actually already kind of doing that. Honestly, I, I think for a meta conversation, we were kind of talking about the brand as, as it is, but um, some really cool moments. I honestly was very curious how Lou was going to make it out of um, underneath the Derek. And then once, Naram like ripped it up and threw it away. I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's the, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I was worried too. Cause I mean, I, I understand why Naram just like got out of there. Cause it's like, I getting out of this trap while the opportunity is here. But part of me wondered like, 
did he know Ursulon was trapped and is just like, hey, sorry, kid. But um, of course, we then got the answer that he just wasn't aware. And as soon as, you know, he turned back, um, the Rom's just like the best man. He was ready to just die for uh, for Ursulon. And I loved the. um, The characterization, I guess, if I can call it that, of Naram saying little brother, whereas previously he said, you know, little cub. So right. to me, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but to me, it was like there was this newfound like respect and admiration for Ursulon who had, you know, literally just saved his life. Because, yeah. um, I mean, even you would think even if it wasn't like cub, it could have been like little one or like child, because you would think the god of the sea who's ancient would still view Ursulon more as like a son. But instead, no, it was brother. So I just really liked yeah. that. Yeah. What was your take on the him? uh Ursulon accessing his breath for the first time in years. Like, I'd love to hear your take on that or even just reaction. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of a, a, a take I have necessarily in terms of like interpreting, interpreting it. But um, my reaction was just like, I thought this was an amazing moment for this character that has been literally and figuratively lost for mm. the majority of his adult life. You know? Yeah. Um, we, we, we touched on it. I don't want to like, this isn't really a spoiler because we, it was touched on in the episode itself, but like you alluded to in the children's adventure, you, you find out why Ursuline is kind of trapped and not able to go back to the spirit world. Um, and so kind of like ever since that moment, that's how long he's been lost. Um, right. So I just loved him being able to connect with that breath and that energy again, and kind of get a glimpse of, of not that he was hopeless, but kind of get that glimpse of hope back. And right. um, I think it's just very poetic and great for his, I mean, we're only, we're still in the first, you know, very tiny bit of this long campaign, but just the growth and like the character progressing on his journey of, you know, wanting to be honorable, wanting to be a knight. And like, here he is already like capturing that in a large way. So I just, I thought it was amazing. But how did you how did you yeah. take it? Uh, no, I mean, it's one of those moments where you're kind of in awe of like what Brennan is formulating and describing. Um, and Lou also just like embracing it and having his own like just incredible description from his point of view. Um, yeah, I, I, I love how you put it that it, definitely this character who's been lost and like for the first time, like has a newfound um like resonance with his identity yeah. and this, this character that he's been ascribing to become um, very, very cool moment. And also cool that Brennan used that to level him up. Yeah. You know, you, you immediately become a level two paladin. I was like, yes, yeah, let's that, go. that was so cool. Um, and, and to like immediately have all of the benefits, which that's just something I've never seen in D and D like a, like a mid session level where you already like where it's boom, you got it. And right. And not that it, not that this distinction matters, but uh, Ame and Suvi did not. And I imagine right. they're like next session, um, or maybe not necessarily next section, given how they edit these episodes. But they will be level two, I'm sure, very very soon. Um, but I just thought that was yeah, a really cool way to handle it. Yeah, <laughs> true, true, um, <laughs> very true. Archmage Galani moving forward. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, That's a good point. Brennan's like, where could we grab another wizard? We can't change the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. um, uh, while we're on Ursulon, uh, just a couple other quick things. I loved um, 
I loved that. Uh, my thought just left my brain. Um, but there's another <laughs> thought, and maybe the yeah. first one will come back. Uh, Wavebreaker. I liked that he like you know Naram's like I wish I could help you, but like is there anything I can do? And Ursulan asks if he can use the sword. Right. Um, I I don't I'm not looking at it right now, and I don't remember exactly, so I'm gonna butcher it. But I just I love the way Brennan put it of like like it's yours like um mm, and, yeah. and uh speaking of um uh Naram said the sword was his father's which I don't think we knew that or maybe no we did we know because it was a gift yeah um so was the spear right um and the cloak as well right or something right. to that effect um sort of tangentially related with how powerful Naram is how powerful must his dad be? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, and I wonder, I wonder if that's the highest echelon or if there's then another, like an even older spirit, you know, yeah. I'm just so curious about the, the power structure of this yeah, world. The, kind of the cosmic chart. So to yeah. Speak. Yeah. Or charts, not the right word, but you get what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Uh, no. Oh, I remember the first thing that I forgot. Um, super cool. How the, uh, when Naram uh, greater restorations Ursulan and heals him, uh, Brennan describes like because he's healed you, like those benefits you had from his blood, you now have forever. So yes. the permanent water breathing and the permanent water swim yeah. speed. Yeah. Um, so cool. I'm all for it. So cool. Let's I go. I love um I love like permanent rewards like that in D and D that aren't just like you leveled up. So now you have this or like, here's a magic item, but no, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to give you these bonuses out of nowhere essentially, but cause they make sense in the story, of course. But yeah, and I uh, think, I think some players are like, or DMS are really scared of that idea of like, you know, um, oh, the players are too powerful. Like yeah. I can't, you know, and I think, I think that kind of stuff makes the story all that more compelling um, it gives like weightiness to Ursuline's choices yeah. up to this point. And frankly, as a, as a, as a GM, you're going to balance around it anyway. So, right. um, I had a player once who were my longer campaign who was like, Hey dude, I'm like a big min maxer. The only guy who had actually played before. And I was like, go for it. And he's kind of like, Oh, you're not going to like have any limits or and I was like, he was a rogue, which rogues are like crazy for damage. And yeah. I said, it doesn't matter, man. I'll, I'll balance it all around you anyway. So, you know, I think it's, I think sometimes people get a little we- uh, wary of that. Yeah. I think so. that's definitely the healthier mindset to have um, yeah. rather than like punishing and. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and within, within reason, I mean, if a player right. is like, I want to be literally a God, <laughs> you know, I'm like, or I had a player who uh, in my news campaign who was like, Hey, I want to be this, you know, massive um uh leader of like this thief this thiefdom thing and we've like i've i've I've, i'm incredibly rich i've stolen all this money (laughs) like all this kind of stuff and i was like okay that's really cool but you're also level one with zero gold so (laughs) (laughs) help me like you just help me like have you stowed it away you know um anyway um so so yeah (laughs) Did uh? I don't want to. This isn't related to the episode at all, but it made me think of the the other guy you told me about. That uh, you know, his character like wasn't gonna speak, and yeah. did that guy end up doing that, or did he go another way? 
it actually ended up working out because, um, and then not to get too like in the weeds, this is probably a different conversation, like from like a DM Academy perspective, but, um, I had a player who, um, came to me and said, I, I don't want my character. My character's committed a crime that he regrets. So he's on the run. So he's not going to share his name. Um, and because he feels guilty about his decision, he's never going to do lethal damage. He's not going to kill any monsters. And additionally, um, in addition to this guilty feels, he's also taken a, a, a sworn vow of silence. So he also will not speak. And I was kind of just like, ah, great, <laughs> man. But um, no, the, we had our first session and, and I actually told him from the, I think, and I think this kind of, to bring it back to the conversation, like a lot of the stuff is communication and conversation and like setting expectations. And so, so my questions to him were, okay, we have a group of a lot of level of first time players. How do you see this engaging with them? How do you see this? You know, we just had a, a dialogue. And so yeah. even though his character doesn't speak where we landed on was that he knows thieves can't. And so he, and there's a rogue in the party. So he does thieves can't communicate with that person. Uh, and then separately, he's extremely vocal outside of his character. So, mm. you know, whereas this is a lot of like how new timers do it, where they're like, Oh, I think my character would do this. Yeah. And they slowly transition into like, I do this. Yeah. Um, that is him. He's like, I would be doing this. I would be thinking this. I, I would be looking this way. So it actually, I just didn't want a player who was just, with, it was just in total silence just, for just three sits hours. There, yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, it it all ended up working out. He did a great job. So well, nice, man. And props to yeah. you for finding a way to make that what he wanted to do work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful so. thing. Um Okay, yeah. So uh I think oh, yeah, I I think I was done with what I was saying, actually. Uh just loved the Yeah. Everything with Ursula and Naram. So meanwhile, we have the Stranglers, the Umdre. I think uh, Undre, people, yeah, I think. Yeah. That have already like I envision like the wave hitting the witch fire, um, you know, extinguishing all those flames and then like an eight second lull before like these creatures begin like storming out. Yeah. Um they've already reached the city, they've attacked, so to speak. Uh RIP um Sergeant Laplow. Yeah. Um and I mean, what's going to happen with that? I mean, I love the whole, like, you know, she's the mean one. Um, <laughs> we know the vision that Ami had of Port Talon being destroyed. Yeah. The offering has failed, we think. Maybe it could be a, a mixed success. I don't know. But what's your take on that side of things? For me, it seems like... Like Orima's not just gonna walk away at this point, but it seems like based on what um the whole interaction with Suvi at the end, uh, where she she disguised herself to look like Naram, uh right. and you know, pleaded with the Undre essentially and initially right. failed. Um but then the moment that, that you talked about where she shielded her ally or whatever, um, I think Brennan described it as like you know that like this dam is going to break. Like there's no getting around it, but you feel like you can choose kind of where to direct it. So I think instead of Orima attacking Port Talon proper, they're going to transition to go to like the docks and go fight all of like the wizards that are there. So that's, that's what I see happening. And it's just like a question of, is that going to spill back over into Port Talon 
kind of anyway, yeah. I guess, is the question. And maybe that depends on what else Ame does. Um, or maybe direct them to the Chantry, potentially. I mean, they'd have to go through the town. Yeah. But, I mean, it's interesting, her decision to direct them and whatever that actually looks like, because it, there's sort of like this implication of like, she's leading the Azure Battalion. The Archmage Galani is, I'm assuming, I guess, making her way back also to Suvi. Like she has to kind of protect her influence, so to speak. So like, I guess she wouldn't like direct them to the Chantry. Um, Though I think it'd be interesting if she did. It would kind of put her in a weird position with her allegiance. So yeah, yeah, maybe maybe the docks, maybe the docks too. But then again, the Derek's destroyed, so it's interesting. It, I'm not sure where, what Orima wants. I guess at this point. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't and I don't remember exactly how the interaction played out. I can't remember if like part of that was just like vibes for lack of a better word or if like suvi literally like exclaimed go kill the wizards at the docks because i mean if she said that then that does like a lot of people just heard her say that you know what i'm saying but maybe it was more of a like internal i don't know um but yeah i don't know what's i don't know what happens past that it seems like naram is probably going to peace out we know he's yeah. still with ursalon and whatever may happen with moro could still happen but it at least seems like naram's not going to bat and is going like, to, he's not going to try to get Orima to stop seemingly. So I imagine he pieces out, but maybe Ursulon pleads with him and Orima or uh, Naram tries to help stop things. Okay. But at, at the very, very least, I think all the, the sea wizards are done. Like the dock wizards and the sea wizards are probably done for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. Also <clears throat> when I'm, slightly worried about but i don't think it fits within the time frame because it's still the same night right, right. like ever since they yeah. got arrested it's that same night right uh, st i don't think steel could arrive anytime soon she's still like th three days maybe two days out right i think maybe the next day is when she's due okay well then maybe. if naram stays i'm like worried that steel and this airship are gonna arrive and even though she was team like free Naram, if they're actively attacking a city, like she's probably going to fight back, you know? I mean, we saw as much from Golani who immediately rushed out to right. attack Naram. So right. I could see that for sure. So I don't, I don't want our boy Naram to, to get got after everything that has happened. Um, as we know, Orima is not actually here. These are just spells she's casting. So she's, she's in no, there's no, potential battle with Orimav or steel or anything on the table. Um, but uh, now that I'm saying that, I wonder if it could, if it could just be quelled after a potential smaller battle at the docks, because it is just spells like Orimav's not actually there. Mm -hmm. So maybe it won't be as chaotic as it could be. Yeah. I don't know. I've kind of been rambling. What are you, what do you think is going to play out here? I honestly don't know. I'm very curious to what what Brennan has crafted in his mind um because it's also the last episode right you know right of the arc of the of the arc i, so I mean i the ultimate ending is they pack up shop and they head to the, the citadel with steel i presume 
Yeah. Um, I presume. I don't know. I mean, could be very interesting if Ame was like, after all this, I need to stay here. Like, I need to repair, you know, the shrines or, or what have you. Um, but I'm, I'm just, my money's on that. Um, I don't think the danger is over. I'll say that. I, because of what you mentioned of Brennan's line of the dam is going to break regardless. Yeah. Um, your guess is as good as mine, though. I really, I honestly really don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume it's going to be similar length. So an hour to an hour and a half max. So I feel like there is some sort of, of battle. It seems like... I don't know. It seems like almost none of the three main characters would participate, though, because I don't yeah, see maybe. them taking up arms against Orima. But like, I mean, I guess there's way for ways for them to participate without like actually engaging in, in combat. Um, I could see Suvi fighting Orima. I mean, she was trying to like de-escalate, but um, she's had pretty openly harsh feelings about Orima. So true. Speaking of Suvi, which it is kind of different with Orima involved, but when it first, when things first started popping off with Naram, I thought it was really interesting that Suvi kind of landed in the same place Ame did, where she was like, they, like, let them reap what they sow, essentially. And, you know, she just went to her room to read her book. Um, you know, I where it could have been, I think it was in the realm of possibility that she flew out there to fight them, you know, like Team Wizard, but... Uh, I mean, let's let's... You, and you can fight me on this. Let's talk about this from a DM perspective. There is no situation where Brennan is content with her sitting in her room through <laughs> the remainder of this. You had Moro flying out in this conversation and Brennan asking, like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just going to stay. You know, I'm good. And if I'm a DM, I'm like, okay, uh, cool. And then Galani showing up. Hey, everything's on fire. Galani told her to stay, though to stay uh, out of danger, but not necessarily. I don't, I don't know if Brennan was necessarily like saying like, you should stay in the room. Um, yeah, I don't think like I, Brennan was giving her meta advice, but I just meant right. like the character Galani told her to stay in the room. Yeah. But then Galani leaves and presumably is at her, her, her end, um, yeah. which wasn't obviously the case. Um, but then, you know, Bria finally like, all right, I'm going to go help with the retreat basically. Um, which I, if I'm the DM, I'm like, oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, she's out of the, she's out of her room now, but <laughs> it's always tough when you have like different party members and different scenarios. And I do think it was really cool. What, how that all played out and her like resolving to be not the one who's like trailblazing, like, oh, we're going to do this. But like, yeah, I'm, I am finally <clears throat> listening. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I like, I like how all that played out. Yeah, I, I just really loved the character choice. And um, I kind of, you got me thinking, I hadn't thought about this yet, uh, but since it is the final episode of the arc, um, it is interesting to think about maybe what, like where we end up. And I think your call of heading to the Citadel is, is a really good guess. I think I could see that happening. The only one, like you already mentioned, being maybe hard to talk into that would be Ame. But... Mm. I don't know. I could see that if Ursulon and, and Suvi were both like, that's what we should do. And, you know, we know Ursulon does have Wavebreaker and that's going to be the next move. Maybe it's just, well, I could also see Steel no longer from her perspective, letting it be a, 
a suggestion. You know, maybe it's a very strong armed, like we're going to the Citadel. Like, look at what especially, just happened here. Yeah, especially if she finds out that Ursulon's actions are what oh. doomed. I didn't think about that. Soldiers, I didn't think know, about that. Soldiers of the Empire that are now gone. Which she's going to know. Right? Like, that's pretty easy to put because they already told her. Didn't they already tell her about Wavebreaker and stuff? Yes, but I don't know if she would necessarily immediately put together that Ursulon went and freed Naram. I think, well, I don't think Suvi's going to lie to her. I think Suvi's going to say, uh, my friends, maybe she would protect her friends. But at the very least, Suvi's going to be like, I didn't do this. You know what I'm saying? So does she then like lie of omission by not mentioning who did? And it's probably pretty obvious for Steel to put it together, even if Suvi doesn't explicitly tell her. <laughs> her son's holding this big blade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like still bleeding. To, to the meeting. <laughs> um, yeah, I could definitely see that being like a, a bit of a simpler story mechanic of like hey because you guys were complicit in this like we are all going to the citadel like no questions about it yeah so, well now i'm worried because i to me it seems i feel like steel's gonna put it together so then it becomes like does steel like keep that to herself or if she doesn't like i feel like Ursulon would need to be tried for his crimes like you said hun hundreds of people have died here yeah, and people of the Empire. Yeah. yeah. And he is a, or was to her mind, a level one spirit. Level two. Okay, put some respect on not, his name. But not not to her knowledge, though. It was, from right. her frame of point, a like measly, tiny little insignificant spirit. Right. Um, feels like there's a pretty big consequence with that. Yeah, so now my, now my assumptions have been turned on their head. Like, what if that's why they don't go to the Citadel because Suvi's like, I have to, like, we have to protect you. We have to run. You know, like, so what if they just get out of there before Steel even arrives or something? That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't really know, like, which way I'm leaning, but now, like, I just feel like anything could be possible all of a sudden again. Yeah. Do you think, Dang. do you think the curse on Ame will be removed next episode or that'll be an arc two thing? I guess I would wonder why it wouldn't be as simple as him just like, ciao. Um, it cuts however, her arm off. <laughs> <laughs> however, I don't think I necessarily see that happening next episode. I could definitely see it being the prompt for like maybe episode 15 opens with the curse removed and whatever influx of information now sets them on to yeah. it's the next quest. Here's I can the next see that. Part. That makes so. sense to me. And it might just be, again, for only an hour, hour and a half long episode, there might not be enough space to have, like, the curse removal next session. So, I, yeah, I could see that being ep 15. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, anything else, my guy? Let me let me quickly look through, look through the old notes. <clears throat> um, I think we hit the main things I wanted to. Unfortunately, I... Uh, I have not listened to the fireside chat, which I usually like to do before you and I sit down. Um, but I haven't again. So maybe if there's anything like really juicy from that, maybe if I remember, I'll bring it up next time we sit down. Um, but love this episode, man. Uh, and I know I already said this, but I, I got to bring it up again. 
Ursulon the Wizard Slayer, man. Like, I I wonder if he'll... I mean, he doesn't seem like the type to, like, revel in the fact that he just took a bunch of lives. But, like, given the, like, kind of teammate rivalry, camaraderie, I can't say that word, uh, the three of them have. Like, I wonder if he would ever, like, guys, like, I, I beat, like, a hundred wizards at once, you know? He probably wouldn't say that. I'm sure Subi wouldn't take that very well, but... it It is an interesting dynamic. Um, a witch whose job is to protect spirits spirits that wizards have long-term manipulated and abused and very literally this spirit that has now killed many wizards yeah uh like that that's just an interesting uh, dynamic i guess yeah for sure so the show okay well uh let us know what you guys thought of the episode don't forget that you can find us uh in our discord you can also find us uh at at the pixelus I'm like blinking all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, that's our that's our Twitter. Yeah, we're on TikTok though. Also, yeah, at um, just Pixelists on that one. They're all different, which I'm sure is yeah. annoying. But <laughs> we're really great at this stuff. Yeah. If you find us on YouTube, you're already seeing what we're posting there anyway. But um, yeah, join the Discord. Come have a conversation with us. Yes, yes, please do. But what if the finale dropped and it was just like surprise and it was four hours long? I'd love it. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, think that'll happen, but that would be cool. I'd be all for it. For sure. <clears throat> well, alrighty, y'all. Okay. Until next time. Goodbye.